And we're back. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Dorothy on Facebook says, hey, Matt, listening in Phoebe, Mississippi. A couple things about that. Well, three things. Number one, have you ever been to Phoebe? Number two, it's not spelled in such a way as you would think you'd pronounce it Phoebe. It's actually sort of spelled Phoebe. <laughs> P-H-E-B-A, but you pronounce it Phoebe. Yeah, it's along uh, Highway 389 outside of Starkville, north of Starkville on Highway 389, like you're headed up towards Houston. And you'll cross a railroad track right there, right at Phoebe. I know right where it is. Been through there a bunch. Mm -hmm. So hey to everybody listening in Phoebe. Is that Chickasaw County or is it Octibaha County? Which county is it? I'm trying to think. I bet that's Chickasaw. Anyway. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to uh, call me, I'd love to hear your voice today on the Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. Text me on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. On the uh, Country Pleasing text, Jay, who called earlier, texted back and said, I do feel, despite all the data points we saw from Sarantola, Four innings, eight strikeouts, three walks, only two hits. We still didn't learn anything new. We already confirmed he has serious stuff, meaning good, you know, pitches, good things that he can do. But he struggles with control. We were one hit with the bases loaded from having a very different conversation today. And the ball was hit in the, uh, that situation was pounded. Yes, just hit it right to the second baseman, right? Just line drive right to a guy. So it could have gone either way on him, but – you know, at times, again, you know, like he had a three-strikeout inning, he came back and just showed you when he controls it, he hits every spot, he's untouchable. It's just a matter of hitting the spots. And if you don't, you walk people, you make a mistake, you get behind, and you come over the plate, and bang, now you got base runners. And that's just, you know, the margin in big-time college baseball is so slim. George on the Country Pleasing Text said, LSU starters – uh, only pitched four innings or 70 pitches this weekend, all of them. That's the way it is. And and they didn't even sweep somebody. They played Indiana, a good program, and took two out of three. LSU lost a game. One of the few SEC teams that dropped one this weekend. All right, Casper says, let's talk Ole Miss and Baker the Tater Maker. <laughs> Bombs. Man, did they ever more have one doozy of a ball game yesterday. Now, let's see. I don't I haven't even looked at the box score from yesterday. Here are some of the highlights from that game yesterday. Now, this is not radio. I couldn't get a hold of the radio calls from yesterday. This is some of the uh, broadcast that was actually on the SEC Plus. What it sounded like and you're going to hear there were a couple of huge hits in the ball game from young Bianco, Mike's son who's playing for Louisville. Right on cue, he's not going to retire. Levi Usher, a leadoff solo shot. Cardinals lead it 2 nothing here in the top of the fifth inning. There as well. Bianco trying to answer with a shot of his own. This one out into the deep part of center field and over the wall it goes. Louisville back-to-back -back jacks, including the Rebels head coach's son, Ben Bianco. Servideo, big pop in this ball. Out towards right field, 
and into the student section. One of the leaders on this Rebel team, Anthony Servideo, makes it a one-run ball game with a two-run shot here in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Bianco looking to punch this one out into the outfield and does. Not a great jump from Usher at second, but he's going to come home and score without an issue. Round ball to short. Servideo fields it deep in the hole, throws it away. Elko feels that one off the wall, throws to Dunhurst. Bianco gets in there to make it a one-run game. Runner goes again. A chance for a strike mount, throw him out. Down to second, tagged it out. Hayden Dunhurst flashing that arm for the final out of the game. And Ole Miss takes down Louisville for a second time this weekend. They'll get the series against the Cardinals, the team that finished third in the country a year ago. And so Ole Miss took two out of three. That was the winner yesterday to preserve a one-run win, 7-6. Louisville a little flurry there in the top of the ninth with two runs, but they needed one more to tie it, try to get it into extras. They had the runner on first base, and you heard that, a strikeout throwout. Dunhurst behind the plate for Ole Miss. From his knees, throws out the potential tying run in the ninth inning at second base on a strikeout throwout, uh, effectively double play. Huge celebration. They... Uh, shortstop, uh, maybe the second baseman for Ole Miss who made the tag. He throws the ball and slams it down in the dirt. And uh, there was a huge celebration there because it was a heck of a way to win a game, finish one off against uh, the number one team in the country, Louisville, coming in and uh, take two out of three in the series. So yesterday's game, you did hear, though, it was pretty cool. Bianco, Ben Bianco playing for Louisville in his hometown against his dad's team was two for four, a couple of RBIs, including that home run. He was part of back-to-back home runs. His other hit was a double, so both of his hits yesterday were uh, extra base hits. That was a serious clincher. But kind of what got him going was that Saturday game, the text on the Country Pleasing text line mentions um, a big, huge day for Baker. He had two home runs for Ole Miss. He was four for four in the game. With two home runs and a double and four RBIs, scored two runs himself. Uh, so a big day for him. You also had, um, wait a minute, did I say, no, that was Graham. Baker had one, no, he had two home runs. Okay, Baker had two home runs. That's it. The other guy to homer for Ole Miss was Elko. I was getting the days mixed up. Servideo had the home run yesterday. You heard that in, in a part of their win. But back into the series, I mean, Louisville won the first game. And uh, then Ole Miss was able to take the next two. So what they effectively did is put everybody on notice. I told you here on the show, and right now it's one weekend of the year. I'm not reaching over here patting myself on the back, but it's obvious. You watch them pitch. You watch the Casey pitch, even though they didn't win on Friday. You, you know, a newcomer in Baker and these guys swinging the bats the way they do. Elko with a home run this weekend. Servideo making things happen. Keenan, he is what he is. Y'all know he's good. And you know, they had respect for all these other teams, but for Ole Miss, they just had them squeezed in the top 25. And you just had a feeling, man, year 20 and with what they have coming back, they're going to be a little better. Um, so much was made about the former number one recruiting class they had that uh, Kessinger at shortstop and those guys were a part of. Well, they're sitting there with a number two recruiting class on this team. So they're just going to be better than 25th in the country. And they already are showing you that one weekend of the year. They just kind of put everybody on notice. So around the SEC, you had in the West, everybody swept. Auburn, Arkansas, AM, Alabama, Mississippi State all swept, didn't lose. Auburn won four games. They played four, but three game sweeps for the others. LSU, two out of three from Indiana. Ole Miss, two out of three from Louisville. In the East of the SEC, 
Four teams swept. Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee all swept. Tennessee put up huge offensive numbers this weekend, and they're 3-0. Missouri was – they took two out of three from Jacksonville State, uh, a good uh, FCS program. I say FCS, that's football. We're talking, you know, non-Power 5. Vandy dropped two games, Vanderbilt. Uh, They had a win over UConn. They were playing one of these round-robin deals, but they lost a one-run game playing in a spring training venue out in Arizona. Uh, They lost a one-run game to Michigan and then lost a one-run game yesterday to Cal Poly. So Vandy went 1-2 and on the weekend. And Kentucky played TCU, did not pick up a win. Kentucky 0-3, the only SEC team to uh, not pick up a win in the opening weekend. So that's kind of what happened. Southern Miss, excuse me, Southern Miss took two – no, they swept. I'm sorry. Southern Miss swept Murray State this weekend. You want to look at scores. Uh, game one, it was a six-zip shutout. Game two, a one-run game, three to two over Murray State. And then yesterday, uh, game three, another one-run game, high scoring, eight to seven, but Southern Miss got the sweep. And, you know, that's one of those deals where really you you wouldn't say, I mean, it's not it, it's not a knock on somebody like Murray State or whatever. But you wouldn't say you expected anything else but Southern Miss at home starting the year against a team like Murray State to sweep them. Now, it's baseball. It's hard to go out and expect sweeps and things like that. But uh, you just kind of ex- you didn't expect Southern Miss to lose a game to Murray State, and they don't. Uh, an 8 7 win, it's close. An 8 7 win. Fisher had the big day for them. Their DH had four hits in yesterday's ball game. Um, that shutout. Uh, was a confidence builder for Southern Miss. You look back to that game on uh, Friday night. They had a big crowd, too, by the way, Southern Miss, even though it was cold. They had a big crowd Friday and Saturday. Um, so it was Shepard, their Friday starter, six and two-thirds. He faced 22 batters and struck out seven, gave up one hit. <laughs> he was really dominant. 77 pitches for Southern Miss, and 54 of those were strikes. And he just was on cruise control, really. Um, they could not touch him. A one-hit ball game uh, for Shepard. Uh, Ock, veteran closer, comes in two and a third. And uh, he had a couple of walks, but they didn't hit him at all and struck out four. So just a dominant win really got him started. And Southern Miss going to be a good team in Conference USA again this year, which they always are. Um, so that's kind of what happened. Baseball underway. You know, and again, as much rain as we have had not just for weeks and days, I'm talking months leading up to it. Everybody around here in, in Starkville and in Oxford and in Hattiesburg, really fortunate that we got a break from it for two or three days. Now, yesterday it was cloudy around, but, you know, Friday the sun popped out. It was still cold. Saturday was very nice and the sun was out. And you avoided rain yesterday on the first three days without consecutive three days without rain. And I don't know how long. And it's like the good Lord said, you know what? Here you go, Mississippi. You you need this. Whether baseball had anything to do with it or not, I don't know. I just know we got it. Thank goodness. Hour two coming up. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Twenty-five seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. 
This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, Sharon. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right, hour two of the show has begun. What's up? Y'all give me a call on the Divinity phone, text me on the Country Please and text line, hit me up on Twitter, I'm Radio Wyatt. We'll chat it up here for another hour. A lot of baseball to get to, it seems like, today. and Even some high points and low points, some things to point to that we didn't even get to in hour one. That's fine because we had fun conversations and phone calls and texts. Still a few of those. Uh, text on the country pleasing text left over from hour one. I didn't get to, we'll try to do that now. Um, so again, thanks for being a part of the show. Let me give you those numbers. If you're not watching the stream, if you are, if you're watching the stream, you've got them right here. You can see them on the screen. So call me or text me, but here they are for those of you who are listening on the big blaring, booming, fire-breathing signal coming off the top of the tower down there around Jackson from WRKS, The Zone, 105.9 ESPN Radio. Maybe you're streaming online at thezone1059.com. Either way, hey to you. Here's how you can call me on the Divinity phone at 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995-1059. Text me on the Country Pleasing text at 601-885-ESPN. Got it? Good. Here I am in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. It was a good weekend for the home teams around the state of Mississippi. Uh, State swept, Southern Miss swept, and Ole Miss knocked off the number one team in the country. Two out of three from Louisville. A big weekend there. Awards are starting to kind of roll out here. And so today you have the freshman of the week in the SEC, Christian McLeod, the left-handed pitcher starter on Saturday for uh, Mississippi State. Let's say, okay, he's co-freshman of the week. Struck out 11 of the 17 batters he faced. Didn't, Didn't allow multiple base runners during his five innings of work. And the co-player of the week is, do you pronounce it kale? Y'all help me out. Kale like the like the lettuce? <laughs> you know, what I'm, it ain't lettuce, but is it Kale Baker? Is that how I pronounce his first name? The kid for Ole Miss Baker, who had two home runs and went four for four in that Saturday win for Ole Miss over Louisville. Eight to six, got him going, and then they win the series yesterday. So, again, as expected, you get a whole bunch of um, nods and tips of the caps to players from the state of Mississippi, from the league office in Birmingham. And during baseball season, that's something we get accustomed to. Doesn't happen as much during basketball season. All right, it is Kale. Got it. (laughs) 
You know what it is? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know kale isn't lettuce, but I'm getting my point across. <laughs> I have to say whatever I have to say to get the point across. <laughs> yeah, it's kale, like the lettuce. <laughs> Leave it to me. <clears throat> but it worked because I got a confirmation text that indeed it is kale. He's a big old boy, too. So uh, all around, good weekend for the home team. Thanks for tuning in. We also stay connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. To check out the C Spire Health app, put it on your phone if you have not already. You'll be glad you did because there are some times that you don't want to get up and go to the doctor's office. You're sick, but you don't necessarily need to go right away. You don't have like the the you know bird flu or something. You know you don't have a broken leg. It requires a trip to the emergency room. You got a minor ailment, and rather than you know, if you live out rather than driving 30 minutes to the doctor's office and then sitting there for an hour and waiting with the C Spire Health app, you just take out your phone, open up the app, open it, and then within minutes you're connected to a real, live, living, breathing human being, medical professional via video chat like FaceTime or Skype. Right there, you're just live video chatting with a medical professional, nurse practitioner, that type of thing, on your phone, and they can start walking you through the process, asking you all the right questions. What do you have? What are you experiencing? And in a lot of times, a lot of cases, they can even maybe diagnose right there and tell you what you need to do, prescribe what you need. Check it out, cspirehealth.com. Okay, country please in text. Jared says, Jared, I don't understand your text. I'm sorry. I was going to read it. I just previewed it a second. I don't know what the the acronym is, and I need you to spell, spell it out for me. Uh, Nick says, man, how good is Jim Ellis? You could tell the difference. <laughs> well, you know, one's made for radio and one was not. Um, I didn't have, and I'll get those for you in the future going forward. We may get them for tomorrow's show, too. Some highlights from David Kellum, his call of the Ole Miss win from yesterday. I pulled some of the, the stuff that was on, you know, television, SEC+. Plus. Uh, for their game, you could hear the the uh, throw out, tag out, double play in the game, win the series uh, for Ole Miss. Had some radio highlights from Jim Ellis in his call. You got a, a highlight from Friday, maybe one from Saturday, McLeod, and then a couple from yesterday. These highlights, Jim Ellis on the Mississippi State Radio Baseball Network from Learfield IMG. Check them out. 3-1 pitch, little looper. Will it drop? Got a chance, and it does. And it will score a pair. Runner goes to third, another to second. A top fly that got in the right place and dropped. Strike three called inside corner. Anglin didn't think so. Strikeout number eight for the left-hander Christian McLeod. He's had a pretty auspicious debut. Eric Sarantola trying to get out of the inning, and here it comes. And he got him on another good hard slider. There's a ball, a little fly ball, got a chance to drop in there for a base hit, and that is going to score a pair and a big hit by Cameron James once again. All right, and Cameron James came out of the weekend for stays, a freshman third baseman. He led the team with hits. I think he was tied with Rowdy Jordan with five hits apiece. You know, and actually, uh, Westberg might have had five also, but I think the five for Rowdy and Cameron were in fewer at-bats. So you heard his call in there. Yeah, those highlights on the radio from Jim Ellis. Um, we're um, If everything goes according to plan, then on tomorrow's show, let me give you a heads up, tomorrow's show on Tuesday, we're going to have a chance to visit with Mike Bianco 
head coach at Ole Miss, who um, led that team to win two out of three versus the number one team in the country, Louisville. Huge series win, confidence builder for them, and uh, should kind of propel them into what's next. And, you know, in this part of the country, everybody's schedule is tough. And if you play in the SEC, they're all going to be tough. But just a heck of a start. I saw a stat, too, on Twitter this morning that really is incredible. And that is in his time, when they have started the season against the number one team in the country, Mike Bianco's 5-0 and in those series. Isn't that something? <clears throat> That's just incredible. So anyway, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to have Coach Bianco on tomorrow's show. Uh, for State fans here, here is Chris Lamonis after his team swept Wright State. He's visiting with Jim Ellis on the radio from Learfield IMG. Chris Lamonis joining us. And, uh, Coach, congratulations. A good weekend for the Bulldogs. Yeah, we're excited. Um, you know, that's a really good team. I just told our guys um, at the end of the year you'll look up and they'll have 40 wins. And um, for us to come out and play pretty clean baseball most of the weekend was uh, good to see. I know one thing that uh, that you and Coach Foxhall and the staff were interested to see how Eric Sarantola would, would fare in his first outing. He went four innings, 79 pitches. Your thoughts? That was pretty much what we thought we'd get right there. It's, uh, you know, some accounts run away from him a little bit, but I was pretty pleased. He had two really clean innings and uh, found his stuff, and uh, his stuff is electric. And we just feel like we got to get him out there and pitch him. We feel like he's going to get better every time we throw him. And, um, you know, I was pretty pleased. He competed. Um, not perfect, but he competed. You got Landon Sims back out there after having a shaky outing on Friday. You had to, I would think, like what you saw today. Uh, he was great. I, I thought all our guys out of the pen were great today. I mean, when you run one, 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 you know, you're worried sometimes you're going to have one guy not be on his day. But I thought our guys really went out there, pounded the zone, and they threw their breaking balls for strikes. I mean, we really pitched. Um, we were able to mix them up a little bit. And the one thing that uh, you have to be pleased with uh, Playing in this facility before the crowds we've had this weekend, it makes it a lot of fun uh, way to open a season, but it, it just sort of gives you an idea, and particularly for the younger guys, what it's going to be like throughout the year. Well, we have an incredible facility because because of a great fan base. And I really, we had a lot of great fans here this weekend, but how about our students? Our students were out here Friday in the cold. Unfortunately, I don't think they went to class, but uh, we had our students out here all weekend. And that makes a big difference for us. I mean, that right field and that berm down the right field line, it makes our place a really tough place to play. And we love having them out here. That's Chris Lamonis. Uh that interview, courtesy of Learfield IMG College, with Jim Ellis after yesterday's game. All right, so what's next? What is next up this week? You do have games scheduled for these teams tomorrow on the 18th. Ole Miss is scheduled to host Arkansas State tomorrow. Um, Mississippi State scheduled to host Samford tomorrow. You know, I'm looking on the SEC website, and I think that those are all that they're listing them as Eastern times because I could have sworn that State was scheduled to host Sanford at 4 uh, tomorrow. If that's the case, I'm assuming Ole Miss hosting Arkansas State would be the same way. However, if you look at the forecast, it's supposed to be back, and that is some of the monsoon rain. Uh, I hadn't checked it here the last little bit. And, Roger, uh, you know, here I am an hour and 15 into the show, and I hadn't even asked you yet, but I hope you're not – affected by the flooding to to tear i know a lot of people are but i was hoping you weren't there in jackson or live pretty close to the reservoir but uh off the floodplain kind of goes uh, yeah actually 
stretches down to the end of my street, but the, luckily haven't had any intrusion. But we got we wonder how how high this river is going to get yeah. before it, you know. Right. But, well, because uh, throughout the entire state and like North Mississippi tomorrow, 80, 90 percent chance of rain pretty much all day. And that's and that's what's you know, we had this it's kind of an odd uh, situation. We had a beautiful weather this weekend, but all the time that water was coming, was headed this way. And mm-hmm. it was right. They were flooding without it. You know, you, you traditionally think that happening, you know, during a storm, but that's right. It, all that water for you guys is coming this way. It's headed that way. That's right. You'll love this. Uh, I'm going to try to find the, the, the tweet for you, but a guy actually caught, uh, probably I saw it, but yeah, big catfish, wasn't it? You know, it's either a catfish or it's one of those grinnel. That kind of has a little bit of a prehistoric look to it. You know, you hear about Grinnell. Uh, some yeah, of the people okay. call him. A, it, it was something weird about the head. That mm-hmm. it, that yeah. It didn't have a big mouth like I would expect a catfish to have. Yeah, that's kind of what it looked like to me. Um, that think, may be why he threw it back. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably also why he didn't lip it. Like, you know, like you would stick your thumb in the mouth of a, a largemouth bass. But, you, you know, a Grinnell, you're not going to hold it that way. That's kind of what it, But it was at such a distance. I did see that. But the fish was crossing the road. Somewhere in Brandon, it flooded. Water came up over the road just enough, like a few inches. And he said, there goes a fish crossing the road. He jumped out, ran up there, and picked him up. <laughs> I guess the fish are, you know, they're, they're loving that because it's all this new food area yeah. they can. Yeah. yeah. And then they become food for some redneck. <laughs> all right. Uh, looking ahead to this coming weekend, you're going to have some interesting series because, uh, what, Ole Miss is going to host Xavier? And uh, that's on Friday. You've got 25th-ranked Oregon State going into Starkville for a three-game series, 6th-ranked Mississippi State hosting Oregon State. And just in terms of ranked matchups, non-conference stuff around the country, I'm not looking at all of them, but I can go ahead and tell you that's one of, if not the, this weekend premier matchups and, and series going on around the entire country. This past weekend, it was Ole Miss Louisville. This coming weekend, it'll be Mississippi State, Oregon State. Uh, Vanderbilt, who dropped a couple of games. Vandy started one and two, lost a one-run game to Michigan. They lost a one-run game yesterday to Cal Poly. They're still number one team in the country, on according to one poll, because that's what it says on the SEC website, but they're hosting Illinois-Chicago. Auburn's going to host UCF. Now, this will be fun. On Friday, you have 10th-ranked Florida versus 7th-ranked Miami, and I don't see television or anything for that, but that'll be a fun series this weekend. Uh, anything else of note? Uh, not much. Not much. I mean, all the other teams are hosting, and it's all non-conference stuff. So, But that's what you have coming up uh, this weekend. All right, so I was thinking about something this weekend. As I'm sitting there, you know, as I told you, Friday, they moved the start time of the game up to in Starkville at 1 o'clock. We're on the air Friday during that time. And so I'm on the air here with you in the Farm Bureau studio and then watch the game like everybody else on the computer. And then Saturday, I was there, called the game on SEC Plus with Bart. Sunday, same thing. And Saturday was one of those deals where it did warm up. First day in a while where it kind of warmed up a little bit, coupled with sunshine. It's just really fortunate to get that weather after what we've had for two months, it seemed like. But looking around, State announced a crowd of 11,000 people for that Saturday game. You know, and on Saturday, Ole Miss beat Louisville to even that series, beat them 8-6 to six, in front of an announced crowd of 9,907. 
<laughs> now, we take it for granted very often here in the state of Mississippi that that kind of thing is going on. You know, I told you Southern Miss had a good crowd. <clears throat> they had a good crowd Friday. But again, Sun pops out. They had a low-scoring game against uh, Murray State 3-2 to two in their Saturday game. But Saturday was the, the nicer day and, um, you know, a better chance for more people to come because it was a, uh, a Saturday. And they announced 4,101 people at that game in Hattiesburg on Saturday. And that's going to put a whole bunch of people in, in the seats there at the, the Pete, Pete Taylor Park in Hattiesburg. So look at Saturday for a second. Three ballparks in the state of Mississippi, in different parts of the state, one northwest, one kind of central, and one kind of south. And in one you got over 9,000, and one you have over 11,000, and the other one you have over 4,000. So we're talking easy, smooth, over 20,000 people in this state sitting in seats watching college baseball in person in the state of Mississippi on the same day. And we're not talking about a place like Texas where there's just millions upon millions upon millions of people. You know, we're not even talking about Alabama right next door. Population of what, four or five million people. We're talking about the state of Mississippi with a, a total population of less than three million people. And we got 11,000 in one venue watching college baseball on February the 15th. Now you could say, well, part of it is you hadn't had sunshine for two months. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's part of it. But regardless, you just don't get it anywhere else. That's a fact. Now, I don't know how else to say it. And I know in some cases it's a little bit preaching of the choir. But I hope that everybody here, and, then, and if you can hear my voice, I hope you take pride in it. Because um, it's just unusual. Now, to make a comparison on something else, too, you know, in baseball, especially, and, and I'm not, not to exclude Southern Miss, I'm not at all, but I'm going to use State and Ole Miss as the examples here because they play in the SEC. They're on TV a lot and you know, all these players getting drafted in the first round and playing in the big leagues and all that kind of stuff. You would say that, you know, there is no shortage of confidence among baseball fans at those two schools, State and Ole Miss. I mean, there's just a lot of pride. You know, and when you look at other stuff, societally, politically, all this over the years, and even still currently, Mississippi can in some ways get beaten up from a perception standpoint. You know, a lot of times hear people say, well, those folks up there are saying that just because they've never been to Mississippi. If they come here and experience us and, or see this and see what we're really like, they wouldn't say those kinds of things, right? You're a lot of times defending uh, our home state. But when it comes to college baseball, you don't have to defend anything. It, that's a world and a universe where everybody that roots for Ole Miss, everybody that roots for State knows we we not only don't take a back seat to anybody in college baseball, we, we kind of out front of everybody. We kind of know it. We poke our chest out. 
We don't have to do a lot of crowing. We just take a lot of pride in it. The attendance shows. Look at the facilities. They're 90 miles apart. Two of the top 10 college baseball facilities in all of America are 90 miles apart in one of the smallest states in America. Don't take a backseat to anybody. There's a lot of pride. And it should be that way. The, the success of the programs back that up. What about national championships? Well, look, it's just not always all about that. Coastal Carolina's got a national championship. Don't tell me what it means. So it's not everything. And then, really, in a lot of ways, we're right the opposite when it comes to football. Now think about that. <laughs> really, in a lot of ways, we're right the opposite when it comes to football. Now let's talk about perception there. No, not quite the kind of su- sustained success that you would like or that you have seen with baseball over the years. But you're still in a state with less than 3 million people with stadiums 90 miles apart that you'll have 60 to 65,000 people in each of them on a fall Saturday. The point that I'm trying to make, and basketball is a little bit of an outlier, but look at Mississippi State women's basketball. The point that I'm about to make to you is I can point to some things that show you and I could make a really strong argument that per capita, nobody in the United States of America does a better job of supporting all sports at their favorite schools than the people in Mississippi. I can back it up with numbers that per capita, nobody does it better than we do. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, college baseball rankings. They'll adjust them every week. You usually get them every Monday. D1 baseball. That's where I get all the scores throughout the year. D1 baseball updated their rankings. Um, They moved Louisville from number one down to number three. They moved Miami down from number three up to number one. So they just kind of flip-flop Miami and Louisville. In between Florida at number two, who moved up a couple spots. Vandy dropped a couple spots at number four. And then a whole bunch of teams just kind of are where they are, stayed the same based on first weekend. Georgia 5, Texas Tech 6, Arkansas 7, Auburn 8, Michigan 9, Mississippi State 10. Those are all hanging in there right where they were. Same thing for LSU at 11, Florida State at 12. Uh, No movement for them. Arizona State dropped a couple of ball games. They played four, went two and two, so they went from nine to thirteen. Um, Duke, North Carolina State, or fifteen, sixteen. UCLA is fourteen. Ole Miss moved up in the D one poll from twenty five to up to number seventeen. Jumped ahead of Wake Forest at eighteen. Georgia Tech at nineteen. Texas A and M twenty. East Carolina twenty one. North Carolina went from twenty three to twenty two. Swap spots, uh, basically, with Oklahoma, who's at 23. Cal State, Fullerton, 24, and Stanford rounding out the top 25. Oklahoma State, the one D1 baseball team that they had them 
At D1 Baseball, I had them ranked in the top 25 at 22. They dropped out after a one and two weekend. So rankings, there you go. I probably wasted that time because we have a 64-team tournament. Well, who cares about a top 25, right? And there was confusion here on my Facebook page. Those of you watching the stream, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Cindy said, I'm so glad you clarified the hat. I thought it was a spoofed Ole Miss hat. Michael said, I thought he was wearing yeah. a Buffalo Bills hat. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were sporting some Ole Miss colors there. Or yeah. I didn't want to say anything. To, uh, well, see, it's a new hat from Country Pleasing Sausage. On the, It's got the gray mesh on the back. The it's, it's not navy blue. It's royal blue out here on the front. And then the red hog emblem and logo on the front. But you're right with that gray and blue and then the red hog on it. From a distance, it looks like a Buffalo Bills colors. And even because the hog has four legs and so does a buffalo, from a distance you might think that's what it is. But that's a country-pleasing hat. That's right, a chubby <laughs> buffalo. A hairless one. Uh, with the hog on the front there. Nice hat. Country-pleasing sausage. And the country-pleasing text line. Country-pleasing sausage in grocery stores throughout the southeast. A great Mississippi company is made right here at home. You, they do have a butcher shop. Stop on in over there. Highway 49 in Florence. And pick it up. It's the best stuff. They don't put parts and stuff and filler in the sausage. It is all made with hand-picked ham, bacon, and pork loin. It's leaner. It's made in small batches. It's coarse ground. They don't smoke it over sawdust. It's actual hickory logs that they split them on site every day. It makes a better smoke and a stronger flavor. They use natural casings. The process is four hours when they smoke it and they hand cut it and you can tell that when you pick up a package. It's the best. Jason on the Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson. What's up, Jason? Uh, nothing much. You hear me all right? Oh, yeah. Loud and clear. What's going on? Yeah, nothing much. I just <clears throat> heard you talk about people defending Mississippi. You'll forgive me for a second. This might be a little bit long-winded. But, um, there's a lot of stuff that people say about Mississippi, you know, because I'm kind of an expert on this by now, about people <laughs> that have never been there talking about it. Oh, sure. Right. But... <sighs> They're right a lot. And us defending some of those things makes us look worse. But with that said, <laughs> what these people don't know about Mississippi could fill this Grand Canyon that's up the road. And at other times, you have to defend it. Hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a pickle. Yeah. Well, I think what the pickle, but for me, Jason, the pickle on, on everything and in any, in this conversation, in any context, the pickle we get in is when the, the paintbrush is extremely broad. Oh yeah. You've got to tear those people up. You know, if there's a, if there's a, if somebody thinks they have a broad enough paintbrush to swipe it across the entire state of Mississippi and it covers everybody, well, that just won't ever work. Um, no. And and frankly, that happens a lot. A lot, yeah. You know, it, it happens way too much. Yes, it does. Sure, yeah. Well, hey, what's the temperature like in Flagstaff, Arizona, right now? Actually, you know what? It's the last since about Christmas. We've had a couple of cold spells, and it 
we are now um, behind in snow for the winter. Really? Eight inches. Yep. And Thanksgiving, we were ahead by 17 inches. It snowed that much. Man. That quick. And since then, it's been, we had a little bit of a storm Christmas week. Yeah. And since then, it's been pretty dry out here. I think so, I know where that precipitation went. <laughs> we got it. Yeah, that's right. Hey, so in the in the summer there in northern Arizona, we hear about the, you know, like in Phoenix, it's in the hundreds. Every, yeah. What about there? What kind of heat do you get in Flagstaff, Arizona during the summer? All right. It's, I'm going to confuse you a little bit, okay. maybe, or some, some of the listeners anyway. It does not get as hot. Let's just start there. But if you get out of your car <laughs> and you're not covered, you will get sunburned. Okay. And it will feel like it's that hot because you're, we're sitting here at 7,000 feet. So multiply, see the highest point in Mississippi is right across the road from where I used to live and I used to, it's like 830 feet. Mm-hmm. So you multiply that by 10, that's how close you are to the sun. And it makes a big it makes a big difference in how it feels. How about that? But yeah, it's not anything like Phoenix. Phoenix will I don't know how to put this. The humidity is worse in Mississippi, like yeah. it takes your breath away. But you walk around down there and the dust will have you clogged up. Huh. Isn't that something? It's like that you, dry. You yeah. literally Yeah, you can't breathe. The dust is everywhere. And if you get a booger, you can cut glass with it. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. There's an image we can all in a typical American style. Let's build a town there. Yeah, let's 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 make a big metropolis out here. You know I guess. what Roger just said is a good point. They're they're kind of iffy with their water situation down there. If it doesn't rain, like uh-huh. they them and parts of Southern California are starting to run into trouble with population out running their water resources mm-hmm. yeah i've been reading about that hey jason yeah, a lot to do with those fires out there sure it does yeah it's one of the reasons it keeps happening it's always so dry dried out we don't have yeah. that problem here for sure you know so everybody's got their own set of problems jason i appreciate the call man thank you all right thank you all right bye jason on the divinity equipment phone all right, let's see here on the country-pleasing text. Jay in Baltimore said, I don't even know what auspicious means. Jim Ellis is the best. Jay in Baltimore. Yeah, he said off to an auspicious start. I'm going to look that one up, too. It's like I know the connotation if somebody says inauspicious. <laughs> so auspicious is like whatever the opposite of that is. It's a good showing. <laughs> right. So inauspicious is eh. <laughs> That's not so good. <clears throat> Bully and Jason and Grumpy and everybody on the country, please, and text. I'll get to y'all. And uh, call me on the Divinity phone. Still have time. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.